dude. <clears throat> yeah. What does uh, how does Ethereum compare to Bitcoin? Right. So, I guess Bitcoin. Think of Bitcoin as like a currency, right? Like that is the idea behind Bitcoin. Is it's supposed to be treated like a currency? Um, and right now, it's also like the whole store value thing as well. That's like not necessarily it's like intent um, for Bitcoin, but um, right now it's like a big store value, which is like in crypto in general, you can just like keep your money in crypto and it's probably going to gain value over time just based on the market. Right. So like, there's Bitcoin and then you have Ethereum and Ethereum is sa- like same concept. Like you can use it as a store value. Um, but Ethereum, like the intent of Ethereum is to basically use, utilize these, um, smart contracts. So the idea is like the technology behind crypto that makes it so secure, the blockchain technologies, you can apply those to a variety of different applications in the form of smart contracts. So whatever application you want. So like NFT is like the perfect example and the biggest one right now that everyone's Mm -hmm. familiar with is being able to apply blockchain to technology to effectively create these um, collectibles. Right. And that's all run through like largely through Ethereum, which Ethereum. So when people talk about Ethereum, that is the name of the network. So the network is Ethereum. The token is Ether. So, or ETH, whatever people like to like refer to. So these smart contracts are run on the Ethereum network for whatever applications they want. In order to run those smart contracts, you basically have to burn Ether in order to like enable that smart contract. Does that make sense? It's basically what they use for the transaction. Yeah. So think of it like this. Um, so you have Ethereum, the, the decentralized computing platform for a wide variety of applications. You ha- and you have smart contracts, which you can apply to whatever you want to do with it. Like NFTs, for example. Okay. Consider Ether, the actual token itself, as like the digital oil, in a sense. So whenever you want to execute that smart contract, you're going to use Ether to fuel it okay. and keep the application running. So that that's where Ethereum differs and why, I mean, I'm biased towards Ethereum. I really like Ethereum. Like I have all the crypto that's out there. I think Ethereum has the best applicability and the fact that it's using similar technologies as Bitcoin. So it can also be used as a store of value, for example. So that's why I like this one over Bitcoin. Yeah, so that's basically the difference. Bitcoin is strictly a currency, whereas Ethereum, they're using their currency, which can yeah. be used as currency for the fuel of all their transactions. Right. And so. and then you have Ethereum 2.0, which is supposed to drastically improve this process to make it more efficient and everything like that. Yeah, we're in what? Ethereum Classic is what they call it now? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, depending on... And so everyone's pushing for Ethereum 2.0 for a variety of reasons. And... I think the fluidity of that transition is going to, I think in my opinion, like make or break it because there's already other cryptos that are competing with Ethereum now, even though Ethereum is the lo- like biggest by far in that. But niche. Ethereum 2.0 would be set apart those competitors. So it would be an up- upgrade. It would okay. just be the next step be an everyone upgrade. else yeah, is so racing towards. It's to upgrade Ethereum network. You can buy that right now? Uh, so you just buy Ethereum. Yeah, oh, you, you just, just buy Ethereum. Yeah. They, it still uses Ether. Okay, but Ethereum yeah. 2.0 would have replaced Ethereum, <clears throat> or would it be in like, a substitute? Ethereum is an upgrade. Yeah. 
Yeah. System, system, upgrade. system yeah. upgrade. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when people talk Ethereum, yeah. So, yeah, typically they talk about the coin. I didn't know this. And that's Ether. Yeah. But Ethereum is actually the name of the network. Yeah. So, it's not actually called Ethereum. It's called yeah. Ether. So like NFTs that are run through Ethereum are on the Ethereum network. See, I've always through thought. Through smart contracts, which are fueled by Ether, the token. I've always thought it was, I'm purchasing Ethereum. Mm-mm. Yeah. That, okay. That makes nope. sense. I never knew that. Yeah. No one's ever. I, that, that, for some reason, that was never cl- like made clear to me. It was always. No. A lot of this it's, is actually a lot of Bitcoin and or cryptocurrency is pretty. People just don't really know. That's why I haven't yeah. gotten into it. I'm just like I have a hard time wrapping my brain around it, and then yeah. I can't. Well, we actually so for those of you that yeah. are listening, we have a podcast about cryptocurrencies. Well, Bitcoin in particular, yeah, Bitcoin, yeah, Bitcoin in particular, and we kind of talk about the technology behind Bitcoin uh, and a, G, a brief overview. Um, that's pretty digestible, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, and then like Ethereum, it's its own, and is all honestly you could have your own podcast for it as well. And its own breakdown, and it's also just as confusing as Bitcoin, if not more. It's actually more confusing. Yeah. There's more layers yeah, to Yeah, let's Ethereum. do a podcast on Ethereum. But the applicability is, I think, in my opinion, vastly more than what people can do with Bitcoin. But, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, we'll just cut all this out, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can cut it all out. You want one of these? No. Yeah. But fruity. Yeah, but good question. Yeah, so, I mean, I think... Right now, everyone is focused on the cryptocurrencies in general and how the market is just constantly booming right now. And it's obviously in this massive uptrend and frankly doesn't have any signs of, you know, losing steam beyond like it being overextended or like heavy, heavy government regulation. So there will no, there will not be. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't think it could do anything. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So I think that's an interesting conversation is like, what can the government do to like, regulate this and frankly there's not a whole lot of like they could like say like hey we're gonna like make it illegal yeah they say you can't use it yeah but i mean but like they don't control any of the institutions that are actually transacting or can they though? storing can they, do that? Can they so say? so they're actually tied like a little bit into coinbase can so you do can, that in a free market though can you say you can't use this currency in a free market see that's that's an interesting topic because i don't know and that's something that we'd have to look into and, it'd be, and i think that's the thing is like it'd be very difficult to i i you know what i i'd honestly now, it's, restricted markets can control currency, but I believe a true free market can't touch currency, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I feel like the Fed could do something, like push to do something with the Supreme Court. and then, I mean, it'd probably be like the SEC more than anything. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think there's definitely a possibility. Yeah. It's, it's within but, the realm of and plausibility. Frank, I think the new Fed chairman that's going to be, that they believe is going to be the next. He's a blockchain expert. Um, yeah, a fan. Yeah, a fan of crypto. So it probably wouldn't happen. And I mean, I don't see why, like why it would, because you have like all these major institutions that are hopping into it as well, which that there's a lot of like, does Amazon accept Bitcoin? I don't know. No, I don't no, think so. I don't think, but yet. like PayPal does in, in like a kind of like a roundabout way. Basically it'll like turn the, like if someone from a different country would like use that currency into Bitcoin and then change it into whatever currency, like it's going to the like seller. Yeah. So like it would just change currencies with that Bitcoin or whatever crypto you're using. I think Bitcoin is what it's using right now. So that's like a roundabout way to like get money from one person to another like PayPal is doing. Yeah. So could Ethereum be as valuable as Bitcoin? Like I mean, mar- well, like market cap wise? You mean like per? Yeah. Or So, I mean, I, that, I don't I, think so because I think I don't think Ethereum limits the amount of ether that can be mined because they use it. Well, they so 2.0 they are. Like so, it's like so, it is. There are limitations to how much like, ether that's going to be coming out. Apparently, two is going to like actually be burning, like digesting a lot of this ether, like, ether 
um like i guess like i don't don't quote me on this like i have to look into it but like faster rates and like the fact that like it's actually burning more of it so it's actually like limiting the supply so it could have that same effect as gold right so like it's not like bitcoin where like bitcoin has a set like a like a limit to how much it's ever going to be mined ethereum i think is the other way where you can mine yeah like john was saying you can mine Mm -hmm. continuously but at the same time the network is burning off this ether yeah because that's what's required to use the the smart contracts yeah, no one's burning stuff, bitcoin yeah. well that's not true technically when a oh yeah when, when you lose your wallet you or something, lose it, yeah you, lose you physically bitcoin, lose yeah. the bitcoin so, yeah as far as like there being a limited supply that applies to ethereum as well what that limitation is going to look like i'm i'm not like privy of by any means but um yeah like some people have estimations of like an like an ether being worth like 10k like sooner than rather than later mm-hmm. so and as you can see it's already like just blowing up it's I think at one point, like not too long ago, like within the year, it was not not like 2021, but like 365 days. Wasn't it like triple digits? It was only like 600 bucks. Yeah. Like yeah. what? Uh, Ethereum. Ethereum. That's when I was yeah. uh, first getting into Ethereum. Was when it was what? Like yeah. I can't remember because I've been 800, 800 bucks. Yeah, and I've been, I've been treating it just as trading because it has good trade setups and everything. So I've been in and out of Ethereum and Bitcoin, just treating it like trades. And like you, I mean, I had a pretty good trade the other day on it. Um, so I'm not complaining, but yeah, but I would like to eventually build a position in Ethereum mm-hmm. for like a long-term hold. Um, and I do think there's going to be some sort of bear market. That's are you going to try to own it or are you just going to do it as no, an investment? I'm probably going to own it. So, yeah. And like, and yeah, so I think that'd be pretty interesting pivot would be to go into coinbase yeah since that is what our podcast is about that was an unintentional segue yeah yeah and so i think coinbase is really cool um if you have if you don't know much about it it's something that you should look into and actually their website is they kind of adopted the robin hood style where everything is just super easy to like utilize yeah navigate yeah Yeah. it's it's very user-friendly beginner friendly Mm -hmm. yeah and and there are some pros and cons to it, especially in the crypto world. And some people don't really like Coinbase at all. And others really like it a lot. And frankly, they have a huge uh, involvement worldwide. They actually, with transactions and everything like that, they're like 11% of like worldwide like interactions with as far as crypto goes. So, which is massive for like one company. And it's like, from my knowledge, like the first crypto exchange to actually be a public company. Well, it'll be the first crypto exchange company that is publicly traded. Yeah. Yeah. Or it is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, which is pretty cool. So, but it also had like a crazy IPO at, and it was like supposed to be valued at like two hundred fifty dollars a share, and then by the time it opened, it had bumped up to like three hundred eighty dollars, and then it climbed to four hundred before sinking down to like three twenty, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so Coinbase is a crypto exchange. It's actually, at three forty four right now. Ooh, man, crazy. Yeah, but yeah, so it's a crypto exchange where you can buy, sell, transfer, and store digital currency. Um, the intent behind Coinbase is to help establish the crypto economy that's currently going worldwide. So, and right now it has a market cap sitting around $90 billion. Goodness. So it's a lot. Yeah. And I think the PE ratio would be somewhere up in the eight hundreds. So, um, but like, and frankly, I don't know, like the PE ratio, like when you get in these big, like high growth, like stocks, the PE ratio, it's like how, like how much weight can you give to it? When you like, you look at like <clears throat> Tesla. Yeah. When you look at Tesla, for example, and like the difference between Coinbase and Tesla is like Coinbase is like their profitability. They're sitting at like above 40% in profitability. So like they're not like in the negative as far as like, like their rev, like typically they get high revenues 
like a lot of these high growth companies, but they're in the negative as far as profits go. Um, whereas like Coinbase is like all positive, right? So it's, yeah, it's 41% positive and it expects to continue to invest heavily into like marketing and advertising. And, um, they said, yeah, they said like short term, it's going to like quote unquote hurt their profits in the long run. I mean, in the short run, but like it's intended to continue to grow out their platform and, um, ultimately benefit the company in the long run. So, um, but yeah, so right now they have over 56 million users on this platform they have, for a quarterly volume traded, they're sitting around $335 billion a quarter for the amount of volume of crypto transactions and everything that's taking place on this platform. And then, um, yeah, they have $223 billion in assets actually existing on this platform right now. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. I think it's a cool company. What are your thoughts on the IPO? I I, I, I didn't know how to, like, approach it. It's just... It, like 250 was already that's like a really that's a really high number for an any IPO, right? Oh yeah. There I was just like that's that's, that's huge. Yeah, and it's like just what it's attached to. I just like I don't know. There's already a lot of money in cryptocurrency. I don't know. That's it was it's hard for me to evaluate. Um but like you know, I'm seeing Kathy Woods pick it up. Mm-hmm. And analysts, I think a lot of anal- bear, uh, bullish analysts are suggesting it hitting like 500. Mm-hmm. Like what's the time frame? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I would imagine like, like soon, soon, right? Like sooner rather than later. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I think soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know you have your bearish ones who are suggesting just wait it out and see what happens. And I'm like, well, you know, you wait it out. It might just be a five. Just miss it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, and like worst case, what it drops to maybe two fifty, which is what the Nasdaq evaluated it at. And someone just recently came out, like some analyst came out with like a six hundred dollar price target. Yeah. No, as I'm saying, is like I think what. The most bearish could be a maybe two hundred fifty dollar mark. So like it's IPO like price evaluation, right? Evaluation, yeah. I mean, and then it recover. I don't know. I just don't see it going anywhere. At least in the short term, I don't see it dropping. So, do you how how correlated do you think it is with the crypto market? So like for example, if the crypto market were to crash, let's say Sunday night, it crashes and starts like really ripping into it. How do you think it's going to affect Coinbase? And I'm just, and I guess here I'll give well, you this breakdown. It first. should. I mean, so, I mean, they they all. I don't think it would. Each other. So here, let me let me kind of like keep going deep into the company to kind of give you a, a better idea for the for yeah. listeners, everything like that. So I think one thing that's important as well is where does their revenues come? Like, where do the revenues come from? Um, and so they have like two main sources of revenue, right? And that's their transaction revenue, which is their primary source. Um, and they are the, they are they are an exchange. Um, and they operate in a variety of different countries, things like that, different currencies. Um, so, frankly, the access is pretty huge when you when you go with Coinbase, right? So you have that transaction revenue, which is a large por- portion of their money. But it's also like one of their cons that like people have about it is the fact that they have transaction fees and they're typically higher than other exchanges. Um, and then you have their subscription and services revenue, which is like their second part. And so you have like the custody products, so you have like the wallets, you have the staking where you can actually earn yield on crypto assets by just holding it within like, you know, Coinbase. Um, and yeah, and basically they take fees on all stakes and rewards earned by users, whatever those, you know, rewards are, they'll take a small percentage of that as well. Um, and like just growth wise, <laughs> so growth wise, they earned $45 million in 2020 from their subscriptions and services, which was a 126% increase. Yeah, so year. they are making a lot of money 
and taking the hit of being the most expensive platform. Right. But there, I think there's benefits. And I think the fact that it's tied into, like, when I think one of the big things that I like is having some sort of, like, insurance with something that's holding your money, whether that be crypto or the U.S. dollar, whatever it is, right? So it's not SIPC-backed like other, like, stocks out there, like right? stocks. Right, exactly. Like, like, if you want, like, Vanguard, for example, and you're using U.S. dollars, it's probably going to be backed by some, you know, like, you got, like, FINRA and SIPC and all these other regulators that are going to um, ensure, you know, if you have a customer that loses money, you're going to be able to get that money back if it was, like, through some kind of, like, fraudulent activity, your system gets hacked through the company, you know, like, through the company, that kind of thing. And so that's what I like about the U.S. dollar is, like, you know, credit card companies, for example, like if your credit card gets hacked and you can prove it, then like you can get your money back. And that's great. That's insurance. Um, Coinbase has that. It's just not backed by SIPC. But if Coinbase systems were to get hacked, that kind of thing, they do have insurance. So you'd be able to get your money back, which I think is really good. Yeah. Um, and I'm not I'm not too like savvy on the other exchanges that exist for crypto, but I don't know what their insurance policies look like either. So. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it looks like as the volatility of it all, but, you know. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, so go, going back to the question, how correlated do you think it is with the crypto market in general? So if the crypto market were to take a huge dip, how would it affect Coinbase, given that their revenues come from transactions and their subscriptions and services? I think it does affect the overall value. Mm. Like, I think, I think they may get money on the transactions, but, I mean, in the end, if people are getting out of you know crypto or anything like that for any reason i mean if if crypto loses its value like the perceived value then yeah i why wouldn't this go out with it because right. they, they'd be receiving less and less transaction like profit from the fees and things right well right. i think well, also when you talk about a stock a lot of people will buy a stock because they like the stock you know perceived value like people will you know supply and demand increases regardless of what the company itself is doing and so if the sentiment becomes negative towards cryptocurrency. I assume it would definitely become negative towards yeah. Coinbase as well. And when you look at cryptocurrency from the beginning, a lot of the top cryptocurrencies follow like the main ones, being Bitcoin and Ethereum. And so they like if you if you look at the history of Ethereum and Bitcoin, they have very similar ups and downs and movement. Like it's almost identical. But uh, yeah, so that's what I think. I think yeah. it would go negative if coin or Bitcoin or crypto goes negative. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I think just looking at the market in general, one thing that's definitely happening is this institutional volume increasing in the crypto economy. I mean, that's just happening. Like it's, it's growing like crazy. And um, I think the, the market is like $130 billion in 2018 and then has increased to $800 billion by the, like 2020, which is massive. Like, so a massive amount of growth. Um, and then like an in institutional, like median annual trading volume has increased by 91%. So, which is a lot. So that's really good. Um, and then like for retail traders as well, it's like 50%. So it's like, you have retail traders, you have institutions that are all getting involved in crypto. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's overextended just from technical levels and I could easily see a pullback happening, but I don't think the pullback is going to be nearly as severe as it was in like 2017 when it literally went from like 20,000 for Bitcoin, for example, and dropped all the way down to like a couple thousand or whatever, like 3,000, whatever it was. So I think we're going to find it's going to balance out much more when we have the next, if we have the next drop, right? And if it went all the way down to 
Like if it hit like, some catalyst. Exactly. And like it almost requires a catalyst for it to not continue to rise. Right. And I think it goes back to my opinion on the fact that a lot of people are using it to gain more money. And so like that store value and then letting it go up. And then, but once people start selling off and I think it's gonna be a chain reaction, you're gonna have like a lot of weak hands who are going to sell as well. And it's called a huge sell off and it's going to cause the price to dip. And I'm going to see that more as an opportunity rather than just like the crypto economy going away. I guess that's my other question for y'all is do you think the crypto economy is here to stay forever or do you think it's just kind of like a faddish thing and i use that kind of loosely because that's kind of a i think it's here for at least term. 10 more years i mean just like uh our conversation on bitcoin i think it's here forever i i, I think I don't, yeah i mean i think there's a lot of there are things popping up like that, that are going to relate to bit or to cryptocurrency in general um I, I, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I just like to think the general discovery of like blockchain and its potential, and right. I, I think there's just things that they have yet to be like actually worked out mm-hmm. that will emerge over the next even five years, right? As a as a short time timeline, but I think ten years, I, I can't see cryptocurrency losing like a substantial amount of value. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, I just think there's a lot of like a lot of value to it in the sense that it's. Yeah, I think we're done um, with crypto booming and then busting. Yeah. I think it'll boom, correct. Boom, correct. Like, right. I don't really see the bust that we're having. And again. what's going to be interesting is seeing how these corrections take place mm-hmm. and the size of the corrections. Because I think I think we'd easily enter a bearish territory or, uh, um, like, basically a recession for the crypto yeah. economy. I think it's going to be much faster than your standard economy, like, crash, where it takes potentially years. And even though, like, over the course of history the crashes have tended to recover faster and faster as time goes on. I think crypto, since it is all like fintech, right? Um, it's it's all technology-based, that the crashes are going to be, I think, personally, much more severe in the short run, but then also be like opportunities to buy, and it's going to get bought off really, really fast and recover really fast as well. And I, I think large institutions starting to invest in cryptocurrency, that's mm-hmm. an indication of where economies at large are are going to move to right oh, like that, that those are people that know a lot more than i do um about the world i think and i that should i for me that i take that as an indicator that there is something there in cryptocurrency for a long time because they wouldn't invest like billions of dollars into for example bitcoin oh yes and i think the the industry as a whole like the crypto economy i think there's a lot of room for improvement still like for example mining and I think it's going to be just a matter of time before someone finds the latest and greatest technology to help and like make it more efficient to mine, for example. Like the amount of energy is used to go into actually mining and everything. I think that process is going to be become super efficient in the like near future, in my opinion. Like that's kind of like something that's starting to pop up a little bit. People were talking about how much power it actually takes, and like what was it like somewhere in China where they actually like cut off like power to like certain like mining like areas. Because it was just using utilizing so much power. Well, is is that is that an actual um, concern? Is like the environmental impact on well, the mining? It's, it's the it's, impact it has on the um, like, like infrastructure. The, the infrastructure. Yeah. So, like for instance, there's a story. This guy he came into um, my place of work to buy a bunch of electrical equipment and uh, mm-hmm. to set up a Bitcoin mining operation out of like a Connex box. 
and he uh, had to get all these crazy permits with the city, and eventually the city ran him out because it was too much strain on the electrical grid. Yeah, but I mean, you have like you have like Nvidia that's been getting a lot of their, like a good portion of their profits from mining operations because yeah, I mean, they, such they, crap. No one can build a computer now. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's interesting. So yeah, so I mean, I think in the market as a whole still has a lot of room to improve. And it's going to like continue to help this like boom that we're seeing in this cryptocurrency like economy. And it's, I think it's going to continue to grow well past the levels that it's at right now. And if you look at the transaction rates, I mean, they've just gone through the roof. Like the amount of transactions that are taking place on a quarterly basis, annual basis, whatever you look at, like from institutionals and retail, like I don't know anyone that's actually using it to transact with or anything, but it's happening just based on the numbers that are getting pulled. So, I've been using it. You've been using it? Mm-hmm. Like for like what kind of transactions and stuff? uh literally selling magic cards wow i uh just started randomly i just started putting it like maybe six months ago i started putting like we'll accept crypto and i've gotten people buying some of my cards for crypto yeah well and i mean i think it is a big thing that like coinbase is now a publicly traded company so i think that's very like a big move in the direction for like the like a positive for the crypto so what do you think them with their them going public, what does it do for Coinbase? Oh, it's it's. I think it's going to be massive. I think like, what are the benefits for Coinbase? Like, just for people who aren't fully aware of like IPO, right? Benefits. So, so the idea behind going public is to generate more cash flow mm-hmm. and allow you to invest further into the business, right? That's like one basic level behind it, and I think that's what Coinbase wanted to do was basically go, go public, gain a lot of money to throw back into the company. And I mean, like as far as fundamentals go i mean they're they're a growing business so look like so a lot of people i'm assuming are looking through the lens of like crypto when they look at coinbase but like just looking at it from a standard business operations standpoint like they they go the full nine yards they have like a business plan business model they have strategies and they have their their different types of uh, revenue streams right so i mean they, they are a business and they are operating as such and have done really well largely due to like one that just like crypto in general booming um, and everyone getting more involved, but that's kind of their intent, right? Is kind of one expose everyone to the crypto economy and then also help facilitate the growth of it. So I think it's a good business plan, especially if you're bullish on cryptocurrency in general. So, and I think they're probably look. I mean, they're obviously looking down the road for other opportunities that are going to exist in this crypto economy because it's obviously expanding and we're seeing NFTs pop up now and Tesla starting to accept bitcoin for their vehicles things like that so institutions are finding ways to implement crypto um into their business models and i think that's something that's not just going to be like a short-term thing i think it's gonna be in the long run and become more prevalent in general and that's just kind of my take on it so i think if you're going to invest in coin uh coinbase uh coin is their ticker symbol for those that don't know um you have to approach it with the business mindset and if you're going to be an investor, then you have to consider, well, what's the long-term outlook for this company, right? And if you look at the PE ratio, for example, when it's like through the roof, is that like what you consider to be like a low PE ratio or a very high PE ratio, right? And I think from an objective standpoint, everyone can say it's probably a high one. But then you look at Tesla, who has like rarely dipped below like 900. Yeah, like 900, <laughs> ratio of 900. Yeah, on their PE, which is, which is nuts. Yeah. But like, and so that, that's like the standard range that it stays in. Because it has this like massive growth outlook, and if you're bullish on crypto and its growth outlooks, then why wouldn't you be on Coinbase, which is one of the like larger exchanges that currently exist? So that's my take on it, and I think I think going so let's go into the pros and cons that I was able to like pull because I don't use Coinbase, I haven't used it yet. I kind of want to just try it out and see what it's like. 
uh, especially since it's such an easy platform from all the reviews I've been reading. Like the user interface, super easy. That's why people like Robinhood. Incredibly easy and no other broker has a as an easy platform as Robinhood does. I think Coinbase is kind of trying to like adopt that strategy as well. Um, so like some of the pros are like, as far as the coins go, you have a wide variety. So, and there's like coins I've never even heard of that exists on this that you can start transacting with. Um, has a simple interface, which I think is a big one. And then highly liquid exchange. So that's a good one too. So like you're actually getting like that fair value at the time for whatever crypto you're, cha- you're trading with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I mean, it, 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 can, it basically like helps transact like 10 to 11% of the worldwide crypto transactions that are taking place. Um, and then it's insured. And I think that's another big one. And that's something that's like been popping up where like people's wallets and stuff can be getting crushed, um, getting hacked and everything. And they lose their Bitcoins right? or they lose their passwords, something that simple. So the good thing with, which is also like kind of seen as a con, but, um, uh, and I'll go into that. So the cons, I mean, this one, the users don't necessarily control the wallet keys. It's actually held by the company. So instead of you having like your own wallet and like, whether that's like, you know, your USB wallet, whatever it is, and holding that crypto yourself, it's kind of stored on the Coinbase um, ecosystem. Um, I think it's like in cold storage basically, right? So um, people see that as a con, but like most exchanges do that where they, if they provide a wallet, it's through their, like through their platform. Um, but that being said, you're like, you have that insurance with Coinbase, which is nice. Isn't that just a premise of banks exactly right. <laughs> yeah. like, so like, i don't trust i think that. The, the con behind that is like mattress. it's because it's like has that bank association to it based on the interaction that it's kind of defeating the purpose of like being decentralized yeah but i think that's kind of in my opinion where crypto kind of needs to go where you do have some sort of insurance with whatever exchange you're working with and if you have a wallet with them that like they could also be the insurers to ensure that like you know if you lose your crypto because of some hack on their system that you're not just like left out to dry so users are trading freedom for security exactly. like independence and freedom for security right which i and yeah, that's a fair and like, off. i don't know what your take is on it um for both of y'all but like that's why i like the u.s dollar right because we have these financial systems and never at any point i've been like dang it like i wish the u.s dollar wasn't controlled by the u.s right like i've always benefited to having the u.s dollar being something that is controlled by the u.s right and part of that is like even with credit cards like me getting hacked on a credit card that i've had in the past and had like multiple transactions across the country happen all on the same day which is impossible right like for me to do um that was easily to, easy to prove and i got my money for it like they returned me whatever i lost in that so i thought that was really good and i think that's a similar like comparison to what coinbase could do for your wallet yeah yeah, so, but that's also, that's, for some reason, that's seen as a con. I just don't see it that way, but maybe I'm not looking at it through the right lens. Um, and then also another con is, like, they don't have all the out, all the altcoins that are, like, currently out there. They're not available on Coinbase. Even though they have a ton, they don't have all the coins. So, the, okay, so the diversity could still grow a bit. It, right, right. But, I mean, I looked, and it's like, yeah, I don't even but. know what, like, majority of the altcoins are. Like, I know, like, the big names, and that's about it. So, yeah, and then... I think another pro is like you already have like ARK Invest, which if you like ARK Invest as an investment opportunity and like you like what they look at, well, they're already in Coinbase and they even sold off part of their Tesla holdings, I assume, to like help fund their coin, yep. Coinbase holdings. Yeah. And they didn't completely sell out of Tesla and all their hold their in their ETFs. It was just, I think, two of them in particular, two or three. Right. But they took out some of the Tesla holdings they had. 
and re- basically replace them with Coinbase. Yeah, and I think from like an ETF standpoint, if you want to like reduce, like mitigate risk, I think part of it is to one just continue to diversify. But then two, like if you have too much of a holding in one company, it's going to like drag down that ETF. Mm-hmm. But then two, like Coinbase, if it's going to be like another Tesla where it just continues to shoot up and they go through splits, all that kind of stuff, which are things to look down the road. Like if Coinbase is trying to rapidly gain like in, like money to like cash flow to throw back into the company, a split would be pretty good. And we saw what happened with Tesla when it split and just kept, had another surge. It's all about highs. So. What about the emergence, so as a con, the emergence of potential competitors, how does that impact, so I guess not like the con for the same sake we were talking about, but how does that impact, the, I guess, Coinbase as a... Well, yeah, so, so it's, it's a business and it's... Public offering. Yeah, and it, I mean, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's a business and it's based on its the amount of customers it's able to gain and obviously like a business wants to continue to grow its customer base. And it's platforms and it's revenues, everything like that. And so I think the big takeaway with having other exchanges is like that kind of eats away at the pie. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of one of those things where like what's the average person going to lean on? Or they can go to a, an exchange that's a little bit more technically advanced and not as user friendly. Or they're going to like err on the side of, you know, their first exposure to Coinbase. They end up really enjoying the interface with it. And like why leave, right? Exactly. And like, and like the fees are like 1.4%. So like from percent wise, I mean, I look at it and as someone who hasn't used exchanges before, I'm like, that doesn't seem like a lot. And I might be wrong. If you're transacting all the time, that would make sense. But if you're just someone that's like, I'm going to use it as a store value because I like Ethereum or Bitcoin. You throw it in there and you leave it and you're like gaining interest with their like services and stuff. And you're paying like a small like fee on like a monthly basis. Then like, I think that's the average person. They're like, I don't care. Right. In the long run, mm-hmm. especially when like the coin is growing like exponentially at this, at this, at this rate. So yeah. What do y'all I mean, I, I kind of compare it to like PayPal. I mean, there are plenty of platforms that have cropped up recently that do what PayPal does in almost in more convenient, easier ways like Venmo and Facebook. Hmm. And uh, yet PayPal still stands way above everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they, have a benefit of being the first legitimate, like third party, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a vendor or what do you call them? Yeah, like platform type platform. Of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I think fintech in general, and I think I think Coinbase falls into the fintech realm. I think that's kind of the next era of like the banking institutions, right? Is it's all online, and these fintech organizations are going to be kind of the dominant players come like the next like decade or two, right? And I think it's just a shit that we're seeing. And I think it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, the U.S. dollar, I, I personally don't think the U.S. dollar is going anywhere anytime soon. Not At least not in my lifetime. But I do think crypto is going to be a much more prevalent like ecosystem that people are going to have to pay attention to. And it's going to be something that is going to start interacting with like our daily like transactions, right? Whether like, you know, we're going to like the, the grocery store or making big purchases or even um, like we'll talk about like BlockFi li- like later. And how is it going to go into different like credit companies, like loans and mortgages and things like that? And instead of having like money or, you know, your house or whatever on collateral, like all your assets, you're going to have crypto as well. And so and I think that would be a, a very big thing that's going to become much more prominent. So I think in the short run. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, so we actually had some people give us some questions that they had and we've, we've discussed some of it. A lot of it was based on Coinbase, which we kind of delved into. Um, I think before we move on to BlockFi, because this is something that someone wanted to know more about. And I think it's pretty interesting kind of looking at how BlockFi is going to play out in the long run. But I think before we go from that, as far as Coinbase, what are y'all's, like, what are y'all's takes on the current stock price now? And what do you expect to happen like from a trading perspective as well as investment perspective. Hmm. So like so like short term. So if we pull up and you said it was like sitting at like what, 340s? 344. Yeah. So what so what do you think is going to happen short term just as a trader? Well, it is interesting that it is crypto that is following stock market times. So opens and closes with the stock market which I have no idea. Like I really want to see a week of this before I even give an analysis, I would say right now it's volatile. Oh yeah. And who knows what's going to happen over a weekend for Coinbase, you know, like, I think this is different. Like with Bitcoin, Ethereum, all the, we, it's 24 seven, you know, you can, you can wake up at any time of the day, buy, buy a Bitcoin and, or sell a Bitcoin. So I think it being in the, the stock market, the U S stock exchange is different. So, but I think it'll be volatile, but I think it's going to go up maybe, but I think you're probably going to have a thick skin because you're going to have those dips, but then you're going to have those rips. And I think it's just going to be kind of like that for until it kind of more stabilizes. Um, but yeah, I, I think 450, 400 uh, short, short term. I, I'm waiting another week. See what, how it plays out. Mm-hmm. And if it holds above 300 then and it's it's leaning like you know on the higher end then i think you're safe to i i i i think i would i think i would buy it and see how far it runs up mm-hmm. yeah because I, mean, I i think if it doesn't go down soon like within the next week i i think it's going to hold a lot of value mm-hmm. but if it's if it's teetering along you know between you know 320 and 300 dollars Maybe that's a signal for me that it wants to go a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. I, I personally want to see it at around mm-hmm. like under 300, 280 ish, mm-hmm. maybe before I decide to like make a position. But I could also see it just like never making that big of a dip. I, I'm just wondering. Yeah, because I, I think in that $250 mark is important to some people. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like, right? Like it's just what an estimate was. And so I think that is a number we can't ignore just yet. Right. We're not in the clear. And just based on the three days of trading, I mean, it's what the first day it closed at 380 ish. And then it closed at 350. Now it's at 342. Um, Yeah. See what happens over the next, like, I think it's going to teeter along this for the next week around the 340 mark. And so if I think if it breaches up and starts, yeah, like I think that's a good, that's a good bullish indication, but if you say if it stays in the same area, it's probably going to be for me. I'm reading that as more bearish, and I'm I'm going to probably wait a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm so I'm looking at the 320 area. That's kind of right. where it, okay. it had short term support built. So yeah, mm-hmm. so like that's that's kind of like my key level. Um, I think day trading wise, I think there's going to be opportunities, <laughs> obviously, just based on different strategies that you might use. But I think like for swing traders, yeah, 320 level you want to watch, and I also think what is interesting is that three like 355 level. I think that's also another one. Because if it breaks 355, I could easily see it go back up to like 400 
Yeah. So like where yeah. like yeah where it's shot That's up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, if it gets yeah. out of those, and then ranges. I would probably anticipate a big dip at 400. But if it breaks that. So, I think that's when it's kind of like I'm stop lossing at what yeah. like because I guess at like four percent. So <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. probably I would trailing stop loss if I was in the four yeah. hundreds. I probably trail it at like five percent, four percent. So as an investor, what's your take is that like as based on just Shoot. creating a position for a long term hold? You know, I think and <laughs> I mean I'm 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 gonna just for me basic knowledge and just perception of cryptocurrency. Uh, Bitcoin hasn't budged. It hasn't budged at all, and I think if that stuff keeps going, keeps going up in value, um, I don't see why Coinbase would go any like react opposite of that. Mm. Um, I think I think they're connected somehow, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, I mean, right. yeah, the, the more people like, that get involved in, in crypto, and Ethereum, and going to hopefully see a correlation in transactions. So I hope the Slaytons actually did end up buying a bunch of Bitcoin because I remember talking to Janet about it, and she was like asking me about bitcoin oh really and i was like i love it like <laughs> so she was like i think we're gonna put a lot of money into it i was like if you do i mean just you know diamond yeah I, I don't i don't see <coughs> i don't see that going like i don't see it disappearing the value of bitcoin disappearing anytime soon and i think coinbase goes up hmm. like it retains value right i don't think, think long term investment wise at least right now um additionally i'm taking into kathy woods if they're buying millions of dollars worth of it and share value, then oh yeah, then they definitely they're obviously bullish on it, all right. And they, they typically have like a five year outlook on all their positions. Yeah. And, so. and again, th- industries like this that I, I I have to read a lot more to really feel confident in my suggestions. I'm going to follow what people who know more about it than I do. Mm-hmm. Like the, and the people that I think have made me money are the ones that I'm going to put a lot of trust into. So I think wise, for whatever reason, one of the companies that I keep comparing it to as far as stocks go, because I have been trying to get a good grip on my valuation on Coinbase and as general, but I, I want more time, obviously, like everyone else does. But um, looking at PayPal, PayPal like was a pretty slowish grower, you know, in the last like five years up until about like 2019. And then 2019, it started kind of showing a little bit more trend to go up. And then finally in 2020, it just broke out. Mm. And uh, I think there's a lot of other reasons for that. If we ever delve into PayPal, we can explain it. But um, partners and now there being a lack of partners, stuff like that. But uh, um, I could kind of see Coinbase having something like that. Something similar to PayPal where it almost like feels like a plateau. A very small percentage growth in the very beginning. And then... Excuse me. And then it kind of builds and ramps up into something relevant as because Bitcoin crypto, it's all, in my opinion, still new to the world. Like it's not, it's finally in the spotlight, like big time. Like I know it's always been kind of like on conversation of, you know, people who are interested in this kind of thing. But I think now it's like everyone is interested. You know, it's not like just you and your, your friends talking about it occasionally. It's like, family members you know <laughs> that have never traded in their lives or never even focused on this kind of thing in their lives and now they're hearing about it yeah and they're being drawn to crypto which is like out of mm-hmm. all the things they could invest in the stock market mm-hmm. right or just investing in general a lot of them are getting yeah you know and they're looking sh- at crypto yeah. yeah which is interesting yeah what i mean and we look at like currency adoption like history right like historically what happens is like you know you typically have like that first period where it's very low amount of people that are adopting it and a lot of people were saying, like, it's not a thing, like, and it's not necessarily going to be adopted well. And then you have the accumulation phase 
and then, and then you start having like you know a lot of volume coming in you have kind of like those late um like joiners and that's like what really pushes the currency up right and then it becomes a you know and a completely acceptable currency um and i forget which book it is that i was reading but it kind of goes over that the historic just his- historically speaking of different currencies and that now we're in like the digital age and so it only makes sense that there would be a digital currency as well so and yeah i mean i think i think crypto is that digital currency and i think only the younger generations are going to be even faster to accept it than like the current like the current generations that are have have all the money that kind of thing and they're starting to even get involved in it right if they haven't already been involved in it so Yeah, so I think as an investment, yeah, I don't think the economy, the crypto economy is going to go anywhere anytime soon. I think it's only going to get bigger. And yeah, we're going to have like our pullbacks like any other economy does. Um, But I think in the long run, there's going to be a lot of volume maintaining this. And I think Coinbase is one of the first IPOs. I think they're going to do really well um, in the long run. Um, So I don't know. I think my take, I think it's going to go up. I think based on the growth rates that we're already seeing, if they can maintain some sort of growth rate, similar to what they're seeing, which is, it's pretty, like, pretty ridiculous um, in a good way. Um, but if they can maintain that or something similar to that, then Coinbase could be worth a lot of money in a fairly short amount of time from an investment standpoint. Like, in the next decade, it could potentially even go all the way up into, like, you know, $1,200. Like, looking at another company oh, yeah. that's valued similar to, you know, these yeah, like, high-flying uh, companies. What's PayPal at? Uh, like, so PayPal's at 269 and uh, yeah. five years ago, they were at like 30 bucks. Yeah. But yeah. then you see like Square and Square is pretty high up there as well. Um, and Square is also one of those fintech companies. I think that's kind of something that you can kind of relate it to is yeah, all, these, another good one yeah, all these major fintech companies that are like high flyers um, and they've, they've grown a lot. So, and I think Square more so than PayPal even in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Square was $10 five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> How much is it now? Uh, it's almost. It's more than PayPal. It's at two fifty five. So yeah. So yeah. And I mean, yeah. and like you know, Coinbase already has a huge hold on the crypto market, right? It has like eleven percent of transactions that take place are happening through Coinbase. That's a large part. And like now that it's even more publicized, and the fact that they're focusing all their efforts on advertising, and the fact that it's still an emerging market with a lot of people that can still adopt this, well, like who's gonna get? the biggest bite out of the pie I'm banking. It's going to be probably a company that's publicly traded and has lots of money to play with as far as advertising and marketing goes history. Yeah. That's public. Exactly. And yeah, and like they, they have great and their big focus is that security aspect, which I think has been a big turn for a lot of people. I know like for myself, that was like one big turn. It was like, I would hate throwing a lot of money into a wallet and then it gets hacked. I lose my password. Something like that. I can't get it back. And I lose lose out on all that money. Like that would suck really bad. So, but Coinbase has, you know, quote unquote safety nets that are there. So I think that's pretty cool. And like for me as like an investor, Coinbase is definitely something that's on my kind of on my list and I'm watching and seeing how it plays out. I want to see kind of the price action, see what it's going to do, what kind of levels it's going to like bounce off of and maybe break through. Um, so um, would I personally get in it like right now? Undecided. <laughs> so yeah, I, it's, tough. it's I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking like Monday. I, I was... I was, I was like, even though I thought it was really high at 250 like dollars a share, I was still like willing to hop in because I was like, I think there's going to be room for it to grow in the short run, 
even has some minor pullbacks, that kind of thing. Or even if it dips well below 250, I think that'd just be other buying opportunities as an investor. Um, so I would just treat it as investment where I'd be throwing money into it on a regular basis, dollar cost averaging it. Okay. So Monday open, you're not buying in yet. Uh, I don't know. It depends on how I feel about it. I'm, I'm, I'm still watching the charts. Seeing, but yeah, like frankly, there's not enough price action for me to like really develop any type of like opinion on it. Um, I think trading wise, I think I'd be more leaning towards like trading it than investing first. Um, unless for some reason I just keep reading into their financials, all that kind of stuff. And I really think that in the long run, it's going to be worth a lot more than what it's currently valued at. Um, so, which I'm already starting to lean that way just by preparing for this podcast. So, yeah, I'm starting to lean. Yeah, and I, it, I would, but we'll see. Yeah, and also like things I invest in, I typically like to invest in things that I actually like am familiar with. So that's also another aspect where I'm going to actually have to open up a, a Coinbase account, mess around with it, see how it feels, see if it's something that I would actually, as a normal consumer, would really enjoy being a part of. And if that's the case, then like that's going to make me more inclined to want to invest in it. My transactions so far, I've only had one transaction. And I've been asking for people to give me Bitcoin for Magic Cards for six months, and it wasn't until just like last month that I had to actually make, I someone was like, Hey, I'll do it. And it's like, shit. It's uh, I had to like, <laughs> I just went with Coinbase because already immediately I was like, well, they seem to be the safest bet. Yeah. And when I asked that, that guy who I made the transaction with, he suggested also Coinbase. He's like, it's just the safest. It's basically PayPal. And sure enough, the transaction went just as smooth as the transaction through PayPal. So mm. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Based on technicals, like the OBV, like the volume is maintained. So like, even though like it kind of sold off from $400, um, it's still maintaining a lot of volume. So there's a lot of people that are still holding their positions, which is a good thing to see. Um, and whether or not it has lockup periods, you'd have to look at the SEC filings and see what kind of, like if there's a lockup period, specifically when things IPO and you have investors who are in there before, like pre-IPO, there's that lockup period where they can't actually like sell their shares. And you see that with a lot of companies like Palantir had that one week where it was just like on a tear down because the lockup period was expiring. So everyone was like selling off their shares, but it was like, I understand it like boomed, like it blew up like hundreds of percent. So it made sense. And like the same thing could happen with Coinbase if they have a lockup period where it starts expiring and people start selling off because they like route the rip. They were already up like, you know, 60%. What's the lockup period time frame? Is it very? Um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's, I think it's based on the like SEC filings. Um, but typically it's like months. Months? Yeah. Even, I, yeah, I just, I'm not super familiar with lockup periods as far as like what the standard is, but I know for Palantir, it was like within a year that the lockup period expired. Like typically it's like six months. Half yeah, it was year. like six months. Yeah. Okay. So we are, there's some time probably with this. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think, yeah, I think once again, like trading opportunities, like just being familiar with this, the IPO process and a lot of people avoid IPOs because they're all over the place, but there's also some sort of rhyme or reason to them sometimes when you have that, that you can deal with like, like, you know, the lockup periods, for example. Like you can you can play off of that, so, um, yeah. I think the next thing would be to hop into kind of where we think crypto in general could start really making differences. And I think BlockFi, which is brought up by one of our members in our uh, Discord community, um, BlockFi is a pretty interesting company, right? And so their idea, their first product was in 2018 when they launched it, and it was basically these 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 loans backed by cryptocurrency. Um, which I thought was a pretty interesting take and kind of uh, a way that I didn't really think was going to happen. Like it didn't really cross my mind on a way to like use crypto, but like that's pretty interesting, right? Like being able to get a mortgage, for example, and backing it with your Bitcoin. 
So, like, what, what do you think about that? Like, do you think it's a good idea? I mean, personally, no. If I had enough, <laughs> if I no. had enough Bitcoin to back my mortgage, I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Interesting. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I would have to completely fail in order to... I mean, not, well, I, I, mean I probably yes. would, yeah. So, it's a nice asset option. So, I did some a little bit of research on it. So, basically, you get, like, rates around 4.5% on these, on these loans, right? So, that's, like... I mean, if you're getting a mortgage, for example... You'd be better off, frankly, just going with like conventional loan. Yeah, that's... like where you get like a two and a half percent, three percent, like interest rate on that mortgage. Um, but the basically, as far as a like crypto goes, since this is so volatile, one of the like caveats, like stipulations, is basically if you if it drops, if your crypto collateral drops, like let's say like down to fifty percent, um, then basically the customer that took that loan is going to be obligated to basically pay down that loan amount or increase the collateral. So if you did like, I don't know, two Bitcoin and then it drops by 50%, then you could potentially just throw like two more Bitcoin as collateral and just make up that difference. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, inter- interesting concept. And yeah, I think as uh, what I think is going to happen is crypto is going to stabilize over the long haul. So it's not going to be so volatile and be surging up like crazy and have massive drops. Would it work in the reverse? So like being able to do like a crypto loan? If it went up by like... Oh, 40% would so yeah, and you so that, put that against the mortgage. And you probably have to look into that. So yeah, and I'd, I'd assume it would be like similar to like whatever amount gamed in that crypto, you could just pay off the loan, that kind of thing. And just like get rid of the loan. In the yeah, long I don't run, think right? the That's, loan itself would become more expensive. Yeah, I, I think you would just have less Bitcoin yeah, committed I mean, to it. Yeah, and the idea behind the collateral is like if you, if you start like missing payments, that kind of stuff, then they can actually start pulling from your collateral um, which like if you're making money on crypto, then yeah. I wouldn't see why you wouldn't be able to make your payments, that kind of thing. So I think as far as like the idea of a loan, yeah, I think right now it's <laughs> obviously like, it sounds kind of like sketchy cause you don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. Right. But it's also really cool that it's actually happening. And now you're actually able to get these U S dollar loans backed by crypto. So that's just another way to use cryptocurrency for something really big. Actually, like buying houses is a really big purchase and being able to use something that, you have potentially made a lot of money from as collateral would be really huge. Um, and then, yeah, you can also open up interest accounts where you're, you're basically just banking off that compound interest. Um, and it's like, you'd get crypto compounding it, you know, so on and so forth on whatever those, whenever they're compounded. Right. So that'd be pretty cool to open an account with block block five. So, and then yeah, you can also have like free withdrawals. I think they allow like two per month. Uh, and then after that you start paying, like there's some kind of fee to withdraw. Um, and there's a zero fee trading as well for the currency. So that's cool. Um, and they even have a podcast that I think the CEO leads. Really? So, yeah. So I have to look at, so I didn't know that. So I have to look into them. I have to do more research on BlockFi. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so for our member out there who asked this question, this is actually very interesting. I was not aware of BlockFi. Um, I just frankly don't look at crypto as much as other people do, but it is interesting. I, I definitely need to start paying more attention to it, especially as a trader and investor. Um, but BlockFi is currently, I believe they want to IPO this year. And they're currently trying to get money. So, and I think Coinbase kind of opened up the floodgates to allow for other U.S.-based companies to join the market. Um, I am on the BlockFi waiting list. Yeah, so. right. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So, as far as BlockFi, yeah, it's a very interesting concept. If you aren't familiar with it, it's something to look into. It's just another way for people to apply their cryptocurrency to uh, the current world that we're in. That was kind of a, just a brief overview of what Coinbase is, and it IPO'd this past week. And so, yeah, aren't tracking is something that you might want to look into. 
Um, and then also, you if you are going to be interested in getting into Coinbase from a trading or investing standpoint, then you're obviously going to want to be caught up on what the crypto market in general is doing and all the developments that are taking place. And obviously, the crypto economy has been on a huge surge. Um, and I know from technical levels, I'm just thinking that it's like it's going to have to cool off eventually. That's my take on it. And I could be completely wrong, obviously. This is my opinion. But I do think that there's going to be an opportunity for people who want to get into crypto again that you could potentially get them at better rates than what they're at right now. Um, I do think there's going to be a pullback eventually. And how hard that pullback is going to be, I don't know. But looking at technicals, it typically likes to find technical supports. Um, and I can see that happening sooner than later based on how overextended it is, based on your standard technical levels. Um, and that's something that I'm obviously watching. And frankly, I've become, after watching the crypto market develop, in the past two years alone and just the fact that institutions are getting involved and the u.s market is getting involved from a business standpoint that is just bullish in my mind as a currency um and so that's why i, I personally really like ethereum i think bitcoin is obviously the gold standard right now that everyone's paying attention to but i think there's gonna be other cryptos that are coming out with other applications um and something to definitely keep an eye on yeah ethereum has always had my interest more and i think it's only grown in the last year mm -hmm. tenfold like, I just, I think it's such a solid, solid oh, yeah. currency. Definitely. Yeah. And then, yeah, now we have the, uh, these other companies like BlockFi, which I am new to. So one of our members brought this up. And so that being said, if you are interested in trading and investing, and if you're listening to this podcast, uh, then we highly recommend that you check out our website at theuntappedtrader.com. So we are focused on education first, um, and that's largely where we focus most of our efforts. And most of our podcasts are based on that and also exposing you to the market and other companies you may, may not have been watching. Um, that being said as well, we have our Discord community, and this is an exclusive community, and we have a lot of people who all have the same goals in mind. So if you are interested and you don't really know where to start as a trader or investor, then this is like the perfect group for you. Uh, us three, we provide all the exclusive content in the discord and it's all this learning based content for you uh, and we we even have webinars which we had one of our first ones this past weekend and it went really well um and it actually went i would i mean for me it was like an hour and a half longer than what i expected yeah. and frankly we, we had a lot of questions and a lot of good discussion and in our community we have a variety of different skill levels we have people who have been in the market for 10 plus years and we have people who literally just started uh like literally this past week so uh, as far as experience levels go, it doesn't matter what your experience is. We believe you can full heartedly benefit from being part of a community. It's fostering that mindset that gets you into trading. Exactly. I think as a new trader, you're always afraid to ask questions and interact with people either through intimidation or some other reason. And we always highly encourage you as a new trader and investor to get heavily involved and have a lot of interactions with people. And like, frankly, the only way, if you don't have it in your social circle and no one's talking about investing real estate, anything like that, then you need need to be part of a community. And obviously the online platform is the best way to do it. So that's why we always recommend our community and we're always focused on making you an educated individual when you approach the stock market. So yeah, with that being said, this concludes our podcast for the day. We hope you enjoyed it. Y'all have a good one. Thanks a lot.